In Genesis chapter 17, verse 5, the Lord changes Abraham's name from Abram, meaning the exalted father, or God is the exalted father, to Abraham, meaning father of multitudes. The change is a subtle but significant one. Abraham is expected and blessed to experience what it means to care for and lead a family. And if you think of his experience, it matches that expectation. Well, what do parents do? They bless, or as it says in Doctrine and Covenants 41.1, they delight to bless their children. In this episode, we look at the blessings our God gives to us and through us for our own benefit and the benefit of those we love. Welcome to the Scripture Study Project. We are your hosts, Krista and Zach Horton, and this is our podcast where we study Scripture with you. Our goal each week is to help you discover new or renewed excitement for God and His Word, invest your heart and personal life into your study, and connect with others as you teach and learn together. Hey everyone, welcome to our study this week. This is Genesis 12 through 17. And I'm on my own. Uh, I'm on a work trip, and Krista is at home, and so uh, she she uh, gave me the assignment to record the podcast episode on my own. So you just get me this week. But I I am really excited for the study. I actually thought you know I should probably I should sneak something at the beginning of this episode in about her and just see if she'll listen to it. Um, but then I thought if she does listen to it, then I'd be in trouble. So. Um, Anyway, sweetheart, if you're listening, I, I actually recorded a, a whole thing about you, and then I deleted it because I knew you'd be mad. So, anyway, um, I have loved studying Abraham. Uh, there's been a, a personal connection I have felt to Abraham, and that's not because I feel like I'm like Abraham, but I do feel like I want the same things that Abraham wants. And so as I was reading about him, his desires were so descriptive of my own desires, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure descriptive of your desires, that you can't help but empathizing with Abraham. And part of me thinks that's the, that's the idea. This is the beginning of the part of the Bible. Up to this point, uh, the stories that have been told are these big, sweeping stories. We had the creation, and Adam and Eve, and the flood, and now we slow way down. No longer are we covering a single person who lives 900 years in a chapter. We're looking at specific events in Abraham's life. We're, we're narrating our way. And it's obvious that as, as Moses is compiling this record, uh, everything that has come before is meant to focus our attention on what happens with this family, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph. That's the intent of the preceding chapters. And so I think there's a sense that Abraham does represent us. And as we study him, we can see, as we have in previous weeks, uh, not just um, someone that's that's admirable and someone we can learn lessons from, but someone we can see ourselves in. And if we can see that, then when we see what the Lord says or does to or through Abraham, uh, we can recognize those same interactions in our own lives. So, really excited. Uh, Genesis chapter 12 and Abraham chapter 1 have a connection. 
that I loved. Uh, at the beginning of Genesis chapter 12, the Lord gives Abram blessings, and he gives four specific avenues of blessings. Uh, this is chapter verse 2. I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great. So the first avenue is I'm going to bless you, Abraham, specifically and individually. Then thou shalt be a blessing. So not only am I going to bless you, I'm going to enable you to become a blessing for others. Then verse 3, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. Uh, I will bless those that listen to you and obey what you what you command. And then the bottom of verse 3, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Um, I've looked up that word in because it seemed like such an interesting phrase. And it shows up a couple of places in the Old Testament. It shows up in the New Testament. And a lot of times when it shows up in the New Testament, it's connected to Christ. Uh, here's just one example. This is 2 Corinthians 5.17. This is Paul. And he says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The idea being, if you belong to this family of Christ, if you are in him, in his group, then you receive the blessings that he has earned as the leader of that group, as the head of that family. Very similar idea to that blessing with Abraham. So those four avenues of blessings, a blessing to Abraham, a blessing for Abraham to be a blessing to others, a blessing to others, and, and a blessing to Abraham as the leader of a family. Now you look at Abraham chapter 1, and you get specific blessings that Abraham himself desires. This is uh, verse 2. Finding there was greater happiness and peace and rest for me, I sought for the blessings of the fathers, and the right whereunto I should be ordained to administer the same, having myself a, a follower of righteousness, desiring also to be one who possessed great knowledge, and to be a greater follower of righteousness, and to possess a greater knowledge, and to be a father of many nations, a prince of peace, and desiring to receive instructions and to keep commandments of God, I became a rightful heir, a high priest, holding the right belonging to the fathers. And what I did in my study, maybe this is a bit, I don't know, too, too uh, Microsoft Excel-y, but I made a little matrix um, where at the top of the matrix, I divided it into four columns, and each column I titled with one of those four avenues of blessings, kinds of blessings that Abraham was given, a blessing to him, uh, an enabling blessing for him, a blessing to others, and a, a blessing to those in his family. And then on the left-hand side, marking out different rows, I put all the blessings he desired in chapter 1, verse 2. Happiness, peace, rest, blessings of the fathers, knowledge, follower of righteousness, uh, greater knowledge, prince of peace, instructions, commandments, which created this grid where in each one you could pick a square and it contained both a desired blessing and a kind of blessing. So for example, you point to the top left square and on mine, it's, uh, I will bless thee with happiness, which is different than the square right to the side of it, which is, I will enable thee to be a blessing so that others can receive happiness. Um, you look down a couple of rows, um, 
and in thee shall all of the families of the earth be blessed, or to be specific, have peace. And it creates a really fun study, and I think the real power actually comes in starting that study by asking ourselves the question, which of these blessings do I most want? Which one do I desire? And to be specific, of course, all of them is an okay answer, but if you had to pick just one square, is it that you want to be blessed with rest? Or is it that you want to be the means by which other people can receive rest? Is it that you want instructions or is it that you want someone else to receive instructions? Maybe you've got a, 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 a child or a student that you're thinking about and you think, I just really want them to be instructed by God. Well, that is one of the blessings that Abraham desired. And the power of that is once we can identify those blessings, now as we go through the study, it's not about a thousands of year old story about someone else's desire and what happened. It's about us. And Abraham becomes us. And the story becomes, this is how the Lord grants these kinds of blessings to those of us that desire. Now, that study is for you and for you to study and to get your own answers. What I want to do in this episode is to give you some, some perspective that might help you find those answers. I want to do a three, two, one. First, three ways from this study, three things that help you recognize when blessings are coming. Two, two ways to secure those blessings for yourself, to qualify for those blessings. And then one, just my simple testimony. So first, uh, three different ways that can help us identify blessings. One of the, the first one is, I noticed in this story, and we notice in our lives, that the Lord's blessings often come through others. In this story, Abraham's desired blessing is, one of them is happiness for himself and for his family. Well, that blessing is granted, but it's granted through someone else. This is Genesis chapter 17, verse 15. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And that's a great place to pause because there's something going on here with Sarah. Every time a name is changed, it means a covenant has been made. One of the unfortunate things we bump up against in the scriptures is that we just don't have a lot of stories about women. Uh, the scriptures were written in a, a patriarchal culture where the focus is on men. And the individuals in that culture aren't to be faulted for it any more than we're to be faulted for the things in our culture. Our children and grandchildren, I'm sure, will, uh, will drag us over the coals for things in our generation. But uh, we can't give in to the temptation to read present morals and standards onto past cultures. However, it does mean that we just don't get as many stories of women as we want. There are some in the Old Testament, and they're wonderful. And we'll slow down because they're some of my absolute favorite. Uh, but there's something happening here with Sarah that we just don't know about. And some modern revelation has helped us to know more about Sarah and her, her exalted role as mother of this family, her partnership with Abraham. But I love that Sarah is the one uh, that the Lord points Abraham to 
through whom this blessing of happiness is going to come. Verse 16, I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. And then this, then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed. And the footnote there helps us know that that's not laughing, it's rejoicing. The blessing of happiness comes that Abraham desired comes through someone else. Similar example, if you go back a couple of chapters, this is Genesis chapter 14. Abraham desires to be the means of peace for others. He wants to be a blessing for others. He wants to bring peace. And so we get done with this chapter or in the middle of this chapter where there's this war. Abraham goes back to Sodom to rescue Lot and there's a battle, um, which it's fun to picture Abraham battling because all the pictures we have of him are old and white bearded. But Abraham's a warrior here. And then in verse 18... He meets the king of Salem, Salem being the word for peace. So this is a city named peace. And this is Melchizedek, who is the king of the city named peace. Tell me there's not some symbolism there. And Melchizedek, this is verse 18, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. And he was priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him, meaning Abraham, and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand, and he gave him tithes of all. And so this blessing of peace, of course, comes through Abraham's actions, but, it, but the pronouncement of the blessing of peace comes through Melchizedek. Um, and so as you're looking for blessings in your own life, whatever the blessing is, remember to look at the people around you and look at what, what blessings are coming to you through them. The second way to recognize blessings is blessings come through us. Um, that story in Genesis 14 is a story about Abraham rescuing his his brother. Verse 14, Abram heard this, heard that his brother was taken captive, and so he goes and rescues his brother. So uh, if you read the story of Lot, you know that his life is, is a little bit sordid in these couple of chapters. He chooses to pitch his tent towards Sodom. Eventually, he ends up living in Sodom. Uh, he has experiences there that are just horrific. And Abram goes to rescue him. He's the means by which someone else receives peace and safety and, and family. And so that's an, an incredible story of someone being the means of, of rescuing someone else. And uh, we were maybe a little bit quicker to see others as a blessing to us than we are as us being a blessing to others. But sometimes... Uh, maybe oftentimes, the way the Lord blesses the world is by using us, giving us certain instructions, promptings that are meant for someone else. So those two are companion truths. If you're looking for blessings, look at the blessings that might be coming to you from someone else and look at the blessings the Lord might be trying to grant someone else through you. The most powerful place to look for blessings is that they come through the Lord. Uh, that same story Read this with symbolic ears. When Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, verse 16, he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and all his people. Um, the connect, I was going to put this at the end of the episode, but it fits so well here. If you're studying with you're preparing a seminary lesson or you're teaching or studying with someone else, uh, the, the study or teaching idea is to look for Christ in the Old Testament. This is the best Bible study tip there is. Uh, 
it changes the entire way you read the Bible. We did this a couple of years ago when we studied the Book of Mormon. We, we shifted our perspective. Of course, the Book of Mormon is a record of all of the heroes that we love, the Nephi and the Moroni and, and uh, the Abish and the Queen of the Lamanites. But we can be tempted to miss the, the, the power of the story. It was written as another testament of Jesus Christ. The authors themselves are very plain. They wrote the book not to tell you hero stories, but to tell you about the Lord. And yet when we look at the story, we look at what Nephi did, not at what the Lord did to or through Nephi. Well, the Bible is the very same thing. Uh, the, the title Lord, the phrase, I am the Lord, shows up all over the Old Testament. And this, like the Book of Mormon, was written to preserve a record of what God has done for and through and to his people so that his people can continue to recognize him in their lives. And yet, when we read it, we get so hyper-focused on these great heroes and these incredible stories that we miss the fact that it's the Lord doing everything. And so as you read the Old Testament, uh, whether you're looking at symbolic representations of the Lord or you're just outright looking at what the Lord says or does, ask yourself the question, ask your students the question, what do we learn about the Lord in the story that helps us to recognize him more in our life? Well, chapter 14 would be a great place to do that because this symbolic representation, Abram going and rescuing his brother, is one place uh, where we can see the Lord providing a blessing. Um, maybe an example that's even more clear. If you look at Genesis chapter 17, which is usually where we go to find the Abrahamic covenant. If you ask someone, where do you read about the Abrahamic covenant? It starts in Genesis chapter 17. Well, it starts in, it starts in chapter 12, where we started, but uh, it's defined in chapter 17. That's where the Lord commands circumcision as a remembrance of the covenant. What's interesting, though, is if you read chapter 17, the word covenant shows up in there all over the place, but it is never listed as the covenant. Listen to this, verse 2. I will make my covenant between me and thee. Verse 4. My covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Uh, verse 9. My covenant. Verse 10. My covenant. Verse 14. My covenant. Verse 19. My covenant. Verse 21. My covenant. There are two types of covenants in the Old Testament, at least two types of covenants in the Old Testament. One is called the suzerain vassal covenant. Um, I probably butchered that pronunciation. But the idea is it's a covenant between a, a king who owns something and his tributary monarchs or lords or kings that use that something but owe him tribute. And so this is a, use a middle, medieval example. It's the king that owns the land and it's the lords that that you know, our agents on the land, they are entitled to some of that, but they have to pay tribute to the king. So it's this, it's this contractual covenant relationship. It's, this is the kind of covenant we usually talk about when we say, oh, a covenant is a two-way promise between us and the Lord. Now that is a very legitimate type of covenant. The Lord makes those covenants with people. But the other type of covenant called a royal grant covenant is actually far more common. And this is the type of covenant where the king just does something for his people because he loves them and cares about them. So in chapter 17, if we're not careful, we could misread this as the first type of covenant, the contractual covenant. But notice there is no stipulation for how this covenant is delivered. The Lord is very clear. This is my covenant and I am making it with you. I am going to bless you, Abraham. The commandments that come to Abraham are not so that he can earn this 
covenant. It's so that he can keep the covenant, keep my covenant, or remember the covenant. The Lord's very clear. This is my covenant. I'm giving you this. Uh, if you go back in chapter 15, there's this gruesome account where uh, the Lord walks Abraham through this kind of object lesson, taking animals and slay the animals and then divide their carcasses in half. And then at night, there's a, a, a lamp, a smoking lamp and fire that passes through these carcasses in the middle of the night. And it's a, again, it's kind of a gruesome picture. If you're looking for the Lord, it becomes really clear. Fire and smoke are symbolic of the Lord in the Old Testament. A pillar of fire by day and, and a pillar of smoke, or pillar of smoke by day and pillar of fire by night. And so that symbolizes the Lord. The message is, I've made this covenant with you, Abraham. And I am so serious about this covenant that I'm going to put my own body on the line. This is what will happen. These divided carcasses, this is what will happen to me if I don't keep my end of the covenant. Or probably better said, this is what will happen to me as I keep my covenant. Um, when the Lord comes down to the earth, he literally puts his body uh, as, as payment of that covenant. He allows it to be torn and separated. His heart is broken so that he can keep his covenant that he has made with Abraham and his family. So as you look for blessings in your life, look for those that come from others. Look for those that are coming through you to others. And most importantly, Look at what the Lord is doing to provide you the blessings you desire. Now, how do you secure those blessings? How do you keep the covenant? And how do you secure those blessings for yourself? Two small lessons that I drew. Number one, uh, in, back in chapter 12, as soon as Abraham is given this, these promised blessings, he immediately leaves and he starts to journey into this land that he's been promised. Uh, he and, and that immediacy follows Abraham. Every time the Lord asks him to do something, there's in the text the word immediately or, or soon or early. Just a couple of examples. This is chapter 17, verse 23. Uh, in the self-same day, as God said unto him, Abraham goes and obeys the commandment. In chapter 18, uh, Abraham runs uh, in verse 6 in chapter 18, he hastens. In verse 7, he runs again. Uh, if you skip forward to chapter 21, verse 14, Abraham rises early in the morning. And then chapter 22, verse 3, he rises early in the morning again. Uh, now, we have to be careful with this. Abraham's not doing this so that God will bless him. He's doing this because God has already blessed him. And so we have to be careful when we talk about securing blessings. The Lord blesses us because he's good and kind and loving. But he does command us to remember those blessings and to keep his covenant. And so part of the way to do that is to be very prompt, very quick and obedient to the things that come. If the Lord prompts you to do something, you go and do it. Because he's blessing someone else through you or he's blessing you. The second way to secure blessings that we can draw from Abraham's life, at least one that I found, is I love that everywhere Abraham goes, he builds an altar. Do you notice that? Chapter 12, verse 7, he builds an altar. Chapter 12, verse 8, he builds an altar. Chapter 13, verse 18, he builds an altar. And then in chapter 13, he lives in the place of the altar. Abraham is very focused on, as soon as he gets somewhere, the first thing he does is to make a holy place where he can commune with God. 
And I think that has so much application in our lives. Uh, where can we make places of altars so that we can have some time to talk to God, to hear what he's saying to us, and to recognize the blessings that he might be giving to us or through us to others. So just two small ideas on how to secure those blessings for ourselves and for those that the Lord is trying to bless through us. Lastly, one testimony. Um, when I read this, I, I read verse 1 in chapter 12, and I, I stopped there because that was so personal to me. The Lord promises Abraham a land that he and his family can be blessed in. And uh, over the past couple of years, as we have moved and settled in this quote-unquote new land, uh, that has been the blessing the Lord has given us, a place. Not that our, our, all of the places that we have lived have been like this. But as I read this, I'm just reminded of how, how much the Lord wants to bless us and give us a place where he can bless us where he can bless others through our efforts, where he can bless those others directly, and then where he can bless our families. And I love that he gives us places, land, promised lands for that, whether that promised land is a house or a community or a ward or a bedroom or a, a table, a desk, uh, even just some mental space. Is there a land, a place that the Lord has given to me where I can receive his blessings and then go about being a blessing to others. That's my testimony that he does that. Thank you so much for studying with me this week. Next week, Krista will be back. But thank you so much for studying. I hope that this begins a wonderful study for you, uh, provides you some, some insight as you dive into the word and helps you to see the Lord's blessings to you and through you to others. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next episode.